This episode of Teeming with Microbes is brought to you by Number Two Organics, made in partnership with Malibu Compost, Bigfoot Microbes, and Down to Earth All Natural Fertilizers. Poor Evan. Yeah, it's a tough one. We should talk about him while he, while he's not listening. We should really get him a nice gift for all the nice work he does. At least a team with microbes hat, for God's sakes. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, you and your hat. Welcome, everyone, to the Teeming with Microbes podcast, our weekly deep dive into the rich and fertile world of the soil food web and organic gardening. We're breaking down all the science and handing out expert gardening advice while busting those long-held myths about how to help your garden grow. With the man who literally wrote the books on teeming with everything important in your soil, the Lord of the Roots himself, Jeff Lowenfels, and me, Jonathan White, the caffeinated gardener. From flowers to lawns to vegetables, heck, even your mind. Let's grow it all. So anyway, uh, this week, you know, because we've, we're living in Anchorage, Alaska, undoubtedly, our listener in Oshkoshkabash, uh, Kishkishkawan, uh, in the Southern Hemisphere, is reading, reading Googling, about... Googling reading. that. I don't think that's a place. Uh, no, but you know, I mean, the, our reader in the Southern Hemisphere, our listener, is getting bombarded, as we are up here, by news stories consisting of Anchorage, Alaska snow records because we are now over 100 inches, the earliest that that mark has ever been reached and many years that mark is never reached. And, oh, my God, that's a lot of snow. Uh, All right, so for a listener who doesn't live in Anchorage, (laughs) Alaska or read the newspaper, we have set a record for the snowiest period. Yeah. Right, not winter or season. From September until today in early, or sorry, late January, uh, by the time listener hears this in early February, we have over 100 inches of snow yeah. uh, in our ne- neck of the woods. And if you're, if, let me do the math for you. That's in one period, just over eight feet of snow. Now, folks in Buffalo, New York, or Rochester, New York, or they're laughing right, at us. They might be saying, "Yeah," but for uh, for us, that's a lot of snow, right? That's that's quite a bit of snow. And now we're coming into a period where it's going to be very, very cold, unseasonably cold, even for us. You know, negative temperatures in the double digits in the twenties and and whatnot. And so I try to stay on the. I look on the bright side, and I try to think of all the extra carbon. My lawn is getting, yeah, or well, nitrogen, only, nitrogen. Sorry, nitrogen. nitrogen. Yeah, nitrogen. All the extra nitrogen that. So my I looked lawn. that up. I looked that up just now, actually, because uh, I, I it's always called snow is always called poor man's fertilizer, and depending on what website you hit, it's it's either anywhere from during a normal winter in a place like Iowa, you know, two to maybe twelve pounds of nitrogen per acre, which is not a lot. It sounds like it's a lot, but it's really not a lot. On a small lot in Anchorage, Alaska, I would suspect we're getting anywhere from 5 to 12 pounds of of nitrogen in this snow, and and that can make a difference. I mean, we're not, we're growing lawns and trees and whatnot. It's certainly not hurting things, uh, but it is an interesting uh, statistic that we're getting so much snow. And as a result, it's caused me to to sort of sit back a little bit instead of writing about what I want to write about this week, 
to, to tell people that they've really got to do one thing in particular, and and that is knock the snow off the outdoor greenhouse and off of that aluminum shed. If either of them are still standing after eight feet of snow. Uh, <laughs> Uh, those aluminum sheds that people use around the world, I've seen them in Japan, I've seen them in Australia, I've seen them everywhere. I mean, I've seen them in Mexico, but places where it snows, they sell them knowing that at least half of them are going to get crushed during the winter because they should have a two by four or some similar support in the center. And they don't. And they're aluminum and they've crumple like aluminum foil when they get this much snow. So so people need to go out there and get that snow off. And if you're able to get into your shed or your greenhouse, good luck digging eight feet of snow away so that you can open the door. You may be lucky that the door opens inside instead of on the outside. Uh, you should definitely put some kind of a support in there because we've got another four months of of snow coming. So that's Look at the that. bad Wait, what, what did you just say? Four yeah. months of snow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know I made a joke today that uh, this feels like the 35th of January because January is a really long month here um, in, in Anchorage, anywhere in the North, right? January yeah. seems like it can just go on and on and, and gardening seems like a long way away. So at least we're getting a little extra nitrogen right now to help, right, help right, the cause right. in the spring. And we're getting, during this month of January, again, some people who don't live in Anchorage, never been here, will be surprised. Uh, I have a business partner, Wayne Lewis, and the co-author of Team with Microbes. He calls Anchorage in the wintertime the land of the, moon, of the noon moon. The noon moon, not the midnight sun. Uh, but right now, during the, this past month, we've gained, what, two hours of yeah. daylight. That's That really can make a big difference. And so things are beginning to happen indoors that, that you need to take care of. And, and one of them is those pelagoniums, those so-called geraniums that you may have wintered over indoors because they continue to flower. Uh, they should be They should be pruned right now. You should take those cuttings, let them sit for 24 hours so that they callous over at the cut, and then put them into damp soil and get them rooted so that you have matching color and size pelagoniums or geraniums uh, for your outdoor enjoyment. When I just did that today. Outdoors. I overwinter some hanging they, geraniums in my greenhouse. Yeah. And it's incredible. It, I do not heat the greenhouse. Just yeah. to, It's attached to my house. So... It stays, it stays warm-ish, not, not, you know, not, you wouldn't want to hang out there, but it, it really is impressive how these geraniums in potted plants, you know, in a hanging basket, mm -hmm. um, you just, and it, it just give them a little bit of water every couple of weeks. You're right. Take the dead well, stuff off, let them, let them, you know, let the compost do its work in the winter. And man, as soon as the, that greenhouse starts to warm up and those Early spring, late winter rays start to really light Ooh. up that greenhouse. It's crazy how 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 just you know impressively uh, resilient they are. They are terrific, and I grow them all all winter in the in the outdoor in an indoor greenhouse. That's very cool. Uh, they flower all winter long, and who doesn't love the smell of those plants when you touch them? 
Uh, they have a very peculiar, in fact, there are scented ones that you could certainly be growing, but, but the normal ones that we use for our outdoor baskets and containers, they've got a very peculiar geranium or pelargonium smell. And, and it's really kind of a pleasant thing. And it reminds me of spring and, and summer. So it's always nice to. Well, man, right now, anything, that. anything green smells good. right? Yeah, anything yeah, you can get yeah. your hands on. And now right. we talked a little bit about, uh, brushed on how cold it's going to be. And if you live in Fairbanks, you're laughing at us too. Or if you live yeah. in the northern part, because it was, I believe, 52 degrees below zero in that oh. part of Alaska last week. But here where we live, uh, it does not regularly go below zero, especially for an extended period of time. So if you've got plants that are near a window, even if it's just, you know, Further away than you'd think, um, you know, th th when it gets to 10, 15, 20 below, that cold finds its way through just about yeah. everything. Yeah, it does. So move those plants is what you're suggesting. Keep them, keep them warm. Maybe when it's that cold, move them to a, even a warmer part of your kitchen or your, or your family room or something where they can get away from that. You know, they can defrost a little bit. So yeah, it's, it gets cold. We've gained this daylight. Uh, you know, it's, it, there's just an urge to do things as far as I'm concerned right now. And and one of the things I like to do this time of year is test out those seeds that I've been keeping forever uh, that I think I'm going to start this year to make sure they're still viable. You ever do that? This is a good time to do that. I don't. Let me learn something. How do yeah. you do that? Well, I take the package of seeds that I've had sitting on my desk for, you know, 15 years. And yeah, oh. I'm going to go and I open them up and I take two or three of the seeds out Got and I, I just yeah. start them. And if they're really good, like a nice broccoli or even a tomato plant, uh, I will let it continue to grow. You don't have to uh, because you're not going to start most things this early, but some things you can and tomato plant if you've got the appropriate place to continue to grow it on. Uh, even broccoli and whatnot, if you have lights. And who is the harpy of lights in the Northern Hemisphere but it, the Lord of the Roots? The Lord of the Roots himself. Don't you think that's true? And people I see me completely coming. agree. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always and rightfully harping. so. Yeah. People, and this is exactly why you need them. Look at this. We've picked up two hours. It's light, but it's not light enough to grow anything, and it won't be. In you know to start things germinated until April first, so we're talking February. Oh well, not not it, it'll be time to start things with the sun on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, can yeah. start things if you haven't already with your lights now. Right, right. And a lot of folks are you know eating greens and getting getting non-flowering or even some flowering things to thrive in the winter in the right conditions. But the sun really starts to do its magic. Uh, you know, late March, early April. Right, right. So ho uh, hold in there, folks. Uh, there are there are definitely uh, better days to come as far as gardening, uh, but there are a few things you can do. You can check check those stored plants in the in the, in the crawl space. You can start those pelagoniums. You can bring them out actually if you want if you've got enough space, uh, and you can test old seeds. Start. So a couple of new ones, like Jonathan suggested, to grow some lettuce. And maybe now's a good time to just take a pause and let people think about that. Hola, gardeners. Is it time to break up with your soil? Is it treating your garden right? Or is it just the same old faux organic or conventional ag byproduct nonsense? Maybe it's time to switch to something real, something you can count on. 
Well, say hello to number two organics, farm-made organic compost, real organic topsoil, and premium organic potting soil. No games, no gimmicks. Ask your local nursery buyer to bring us in today or get us online at number2organics.com. Hey, Robert, what are you carrying? Dan told me about how mycorrhizae occurs naturally in the forest. I had to go check it out for myself. Don't tell me you dug up a bunch of dirt. So while I was out there, I dug up a bunch of dirt to bring out here and put in my garden. I'm pretty sure Dan told you he uses Bigfoot Concentrate to naturally add mycorrhizae to his house plants and garden. It's super easy to use, and you don't get anyone upset. Upset? What do you mean? I think someone wants to talk to you about all that digging you did in the woods. Find Bigfoot on Amazon or BigfootMicrobes.com. You know who I think about when it's dark and cold and now we've got eight feet of snow on the ground? I think about our little friend, the wood frog. What's going on down there right now? That guy, those guys are just little, little frozen nuggets. They are. And the ones we've got in our area, because it is going to get unseasonably cold, minus 24, 25 degrees next week. Uh, yeah. But, but what have you and I been saying all, all these months about the snow cover? One of the benefits of the snow cover is that they keep the temperatures at that, at that surface level, at the lawn a garden surface level, uh, even and at a temperature where the microbial activity can actually take place. It's actually a little insulating blanket. Warmth comes from the soil and 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 creates this little warm area where you get a tremendous amount of microbial activity, breakdown of goods, so that things are prepared for springtime when we're going to be gardening it yeah not going to be not going to be negative 27 way down there where those frogs nest for their for their long winter nap um yeah lucky them. Yeah. yeah and i think a lot of people of course have said what are these guys talking about this is crazy uh but 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 i sent you this article uh and these folks uh, did a study which basically can, confirms everything we've been talking about. I don't really know why they had to do the study. They could have just been listening to us on the podcast. Um, but they they measured the snowpack every day and uh, they checked out the temperatures, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and, and really, what they were studying is is you know what's happening underground as we get changes in in not only in temperature but in climate stuff so that you know they're, they're they're taking readings in order to be able to make predictions about what might be happening with their crops the following year which i think is is pretty cool yeah it, it, what's interesting about it is there's obviously nothing we can do right we can't change the weather we can complain about it and i do yeah. Yeah. but you can't change it and so to to be able to look at how the the ebb and flow every year over over the period that they studied of how you know how you know how the microbes survive the competition they have yeah with each other what they eat and and how things how much more time they have to do that if there's more snowpack versus less snowpack um is is fascinating and it, i wonder i do wonder every year if you know you get a slower start to your you know to your to your vegetables or whatever based on how much snow you had if they um or a faster start right if they had more time to stay warm and right and get get eating and, and multiplying and 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 or, versus if there's not a lot of snowpack and they're they're dormant for longer 
Yeah, citizen science. I mean, are they getting more nutrients because the snowpack is is deep? The temperature is nice and warm. Uh, there's more activity. We, we, we should do some citizen science on these things. This is definitely something that's going to make a lot of sense because even though you can't do anything about it, you might be able to use the information or get some information from it that, that enables you to approach your garden in a different way. And and maybe in a different way every year, depending on the amount of snow. But so this year, <laughs> woo we got a lot of snow. We're going to have big carrots. Uh, are we? Or are we going to have small carrots? We'll find out. Down to Earth All Natural Fertilizers has been a partner of organic gardeners for more than 40 years. With a full range of OMRI-listed and organic-approved products featuring a wide variety of premium organic blends and a diverse selection of single-ingredient inputs, Down to Earth is dedicated to using the highest quality natural ingredients available, including marine proteins, natural minerals, and biological soil additives. Down to Earth all-natural fertilizers can be found nationwide in independent home and garden centers, so you should ask your retailer for Down to Earth products. Look for that compostable box or find us at downtoearthfertilizer.com. So I, I send Jonathan a, a lot of stuff. Uh, I never send it to poor Evan, and I really probably should because I think he he, he probably edits this wondering, what the heck are these guys really looking at but so i sent you something to, to well two things today the, the the study we just talked about which confirms what we've been talking about regarding snow providing a blanket cover warmth etc uh the second thing i sent you also confirms what we've been talking about i thought it might be kind of fun to go through it uh not read the whole thing but just mention it because what it what it is is a listing of the subcategories of biologicals and let's see whether we've talked about all of them and whether we've talked about all of them the same way before let's talk about what biologicals are right oh, so that'd be a good idea if yeah. you're <laughs> yeah biologicals and really in this prep reference what we're talking about is how they you know, are possibly a next step in seeding practices, you know, um, what, 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 what seeds need, you know, and pest management. So what are biologicals in, you know, in this reference? Yeah. Well, and, and, and they're, they're not organics that feed plants. They are li living organisms, basically. Well, not basically they're living organisms yeah. that feed the plants that you can apply to the plants this is a little bit different than the what I call now the poop loop, you know, <laughs> the, the little guys getting eaten and then all of that goodies that they contain being pooped out into the soil or the rhizophagy. This is a slightly different, a different setup. So let's look at the first one. The first one's nitrogen fixing bacteria, which we've talked about. Uh, and, and if you're going to plant a legume, the rule is you should roll that seed in a nitrogen-fixing bacterial mix. So that'd be sweet peas. What else? Pe uh, we, regular peas. Beans. And we've been doing that for years, right? There's yeah. all kinds of even things you can buy on the market that, you know, you, you roll, roll your legumes in before you plant them. Right. Okay. So now the next one, these are phosphorus 
solubilizing microbes. And we've also talked about these. Uh, very often they jump off of fungi. Uh, you know, they, they live with fungi in the fungi-sophere. You know, the, there's like a rhizosphere for fungi. Uh, and there are now some products which you can buy, particularly at hydroponic stores and grow stores. Uh, there's a GRO uh, that will will contain nothing but phosphorus solubilizing microbes. And they obviously release microbes uh, or release phosphorus, which is locked up in the soil chemically. So you, you need a microbe in order to lock that stuff up. So we've talked about that, haven't we? Yes. Yeah. And these are things that you can buy more or less. Right. Exactly. These are products that you can buy to help. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So the next one's mycorrhizal fungi. And we're, Clearly, we've talked about that. We've we love mycorrhizal fungi. We got to have Dr. Mike back on. By the way, uh, our sponsors are terrific people. Who you know, mycorrhizal fungi work, and we've been using them in Anchorage, Alaska, uh, since at least 19, uh, 2008. Uh, and, and I would venture to guess we've got a very healthy population of mycorrhizal fungi. Uh, throughout most of the organic, well, all of the organic gardens here in Anchorage. And if you're not using them, you need to buy them. Again, you can buy them. Endo is probably what you want for the garden. Not, not probably. It is what you want. Endo, mycorrhizal fungi. And then for trees and some of the shrubs, you probably want the ecto. Uh, but you can look that up using uh, our new Google, which is called Escalera, right? Yes. We think <laughs> we're still trying to get we're still trying to get those folks on here to help us. Yeah, but we and we're going to do that. Okay, so that's the third. Uh, now this next one's pretty interesting. Uh, this is a they call it residue degradation. Okay, these are products that use bacillus, which is a, a bacteria that form. Uh, Capsules. They can go into capsules uh, in order to be uh, to protect themselves. And so, when they're in the zygote or capsule form, they can be shipped, and there's there's no problem that you can store them without having a problem. And then, when you use them, they come alive again. But well, they're they're alive, but they they lose their dormancy and become non-dormant. Uh, and so, those are bacillus products. And if you see them. Particularly, this one I can never pronounce, Bacillus amyloliquefaciens. Sounds good to Amy me. Yeah, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? You're the newsreader. Uh, <laughs> you can buy these now, and, and more and more nurseries are getting it. I'm not quite at the point where I would say if you go into a nursery and they don't have them, leave, because it's not a good nursery. I do say that about mycorrhizal fungi. You go into a nursery, there's no mycorrhizal fungi, go someplace else. They don't know what they're doing. Okay, so what's next? Uh, hold on. As, as we go yeah. through these things, it's really important to note, right, to the gardener and yardener that these aren't essential, right? These are not fertilizers or nutrition, right? They're aids for your yeah. Yeah. For, 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 for your efforts. And, and we're going to have to spend some time um, in another episode, breaking down where and in what products and how we find these things, you know what I mean? And how we apply yeah. them because oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it can yeah. get really, really confusing. Yeah. I think we definitely want to do that uh, as we get closer to the growing season. Uh, enzymes, 
Uh, there's some enzyme uh, stuff uh, that people use, not something that I've used much, uh, but those are definitely in the literature and they're coming out. Uh, humic and fulvic acids, and it's always acids. These are very complicated uh, mineral formations. They're sort of sub-coal, uh, and th there's not one acid. There, there are many acids that are humic and fulvic, so it's acids. And definitely can buy these. These are often used in compost tea. They're really phenomenal, phenomenal food for microbes. Uh, so, so then we have marine extracts, kelp, and all that good stuff. We've certainly talked about that. Uh, kelp has, what, something like 56 uh, different elements in it. Uh, so it's got something for anything you need. Uh, and then the last one, which I think we've talked a little bit about obliquely, sugars. Mm -hmm. so, hmm, they definitely, we know they stimulate microbes. Microbes love sugar. Uh, molasses, unsulfured molasses, uh, is a terrific, terrific microbe food. And, and people use it on their lawns and, and use it in their in their gardens as well. So, so there you got it. Those are eight different biologicals. We've talked about all of them and we will continue to talk about all of them for the rest of our lives. I'm sure. I wonder if they're going to come up with any more. <laughs> the rest of our lives <laughs> on my deathbed, I'll be talking about fumic acid and humic acids and yeah, good well, stuff. Maybe there'll be more, maybe there'll be 10 subcategories of biology. Well, well, there'll be a test after this, but we definitely will have to come back to each of these maybe as the as the growing season gets closer because some of it really is magical to add to your your efforts whether it's a yard, garden, flowers, whatever. Well, in the meantime, Jeff, we got to stay warm and keep our shovels handy in this neck of the woods just to get through the next couple of months until we can start growing again. Hey, really? Hey, have you sprayed your shovel with oil yet? I have not. You can do either your your avocado oil or WD forty. And as a reminder, it's to keep the snow from freezing right. and sticking to it. Right, so that it becomes much easier. And I think maybe we should close this segment to tell Alaskans who are suffering from all this snow: push it, don't lift it. We don't want you to have a heart attack. Hey, thanks for listening to this edition of Teeming with Microbes. Make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a thing this gardening season. Jeff and I wrote this episode with additional production and editing by Evan Phillips of Podpeak. You can find him at podpeak.com. Our music is also by Evan Phillips. Thanks, as always, to the Anchorage Daily News for hosting our show. And don't forget to catch Jeff's weekly gardening column in each Friday's edition. We'll be back next week with another edition of Teeming with Microbes. Until then, get out there, get your hands dirty, and get growing.